Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of True Crime IRL. True crime in real life. This is a new limited series called The Manchester Mysteries. You'll still be getting real-life stories of crime and unsolved cases, but all wrapped up in a very different package. This season, I'm concentrating on the captivating stories that have come out of one particular small Midwestern town called Manchester. Manchester is both weird and wonderful, with a full cast of interesting characters who have some unique stories to tell. I'll be presenting you with tales of murder, mayhem, and crimes of passion. And I'll be bringing you everything from missing persons cases to questionable suicides, and even a homicide that went unsolved for 40 years. There'll be an element of local folklore to some of our tales, but also a healthy dose of science, DNA technology, forensics, history, government, law, and so much more. And yes, it's all out of one little community in small-town America. If you think you had our country's heartland all figured out, well, guess again, because I'll be bringing you stories this season that would make Ted Bundy blush. Season 2 of True Crime IRL, The Manchester Mysteries, debuts January 14th, 2022, and is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Until then, lock your doors, people, even if, or especially if, you live in Manchester. Bye-bye. You're listening to Season 2 of True Crime IRL, The Manchester Mysteries. Although this series is based 100% on factual events, keep in mind that at times we've changed the names of people or places in order to protect the innocent, or in some cases, the guilty. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime IRL. I'm your host, Kelly Barons Brink, and today you're going to hear episode 9, Michelle Martinko's Last Day. So in this story, I have told you about the man named Jerry Burns, who was actually my neighbor, and who ended up being convicted of the 40-year-old cold case, the murder of Michelle Martinko. We've talked about the crime... We've listened to the opening statements of the prosecution and the defense. We've talked to law enforcement. We've talked about some of the DNA evidence. And we've talked to the prosecutor on this case. And today, we're going to hear a little bit of the trial footage from friends and family of Michelle Martinko, who were the last people to see her alive. I'll be playing clips of witness testimony that the prosecution and the defense called during the trial. So this is mainly day one and day two of the trial. And I've edited this a little bit because literally the trial went on for two weeks. And there's a lot of footage to listen to. I mean, hours and hours and hours. So I've taken snippets of that footage to put into the podcast. So I just wanted to let you know it is slightly edited, but I did not change the wording or anything like that. I just eliminated spaces and I'm just giving you bits and pieces, you know, of statements from witnesses. 
So as you already know, if you've been listening, the murder of Michelle Martinko happened on December 19th, 1979. It was a cold case until 2018, when familial DNA identified her killer 39 years after the crime. The murder trial began on February 12th, 2020. And on February 24th, 2020, after three hours of deliberation, the jury found Jerry Lynn Burns guilty of the first-degree murder of Michelle Martinko. The state began calling witnesses, first Michelle's friends and classmates. They would start trying to put together the pieces of this puzzle by reconstructing the known facts of Michelle's last night alive. In this episode, we're going to be taken back to 1979. As you listen to these witnesses, you'll hear some age in their voices. Now, I'm not saying anyone's old here, but, you know, each of these people, they're now in their 50s and 60s. But on this day, I want you to think of them transforming back into their teenage selves. As they reminisce about high school, they're no longer in their 50s and 60s. They're forever 17 just like Michelle on the day she was brutally murdered. They're going to take you back into a world where Michelle Martinko was still alive, big blonde hair bouncing down the hallway, and a smile that lit up the room. Now we're going to hear from Michelle's dear friend, Jane Hansen. Jane was with Michelle hours before she died, and now she takes us back to their days at Kennedy High School, singing in the choir, and twirling batons. Yes, Your Honor. State calls Jane Hansen. Miss um, Hansen, uh, we'll start with some easy stuff, okay? Just tell us your name and spell it for the record, please. Jane Hansen, J-A-N-E. H-A-N-S-E-N. Thank you. I'm going to take you back to December 1979, okay? Mm -hmm. Where'd you go to high school? Kennedy High School. And how old were you in December of 1979? I was 17. What grade were you in? 12th grade, senior. Did you know another um, female at that time, 18-year-old Michelle Martinko? Yes. How did you know Michelle Martinko? I had known her since elementary school, classmates. Were you friends from the get-go? We were uh, friends in elementary school and always friendly classmates and then became uh, fairly close in high school when we started to have some uh, common extracurricular activities. I'm sorry, it's a hard word to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet choir, baton twirling, that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah, then we became very tight. Starting in junior high, we were in women's chorale together. And then senior year, we both made a concert choir. In the spring of junior year, we were all involved in the production of Pippin, which is like a Broadway show that we did at the high school. Michelle was on stage dancing and I played the piccolo in the pit orchestra and we all had a lot of friends who had different roles in that production 
and then I got her on the baton twirling squad. So we were baton twirling at the football games fall year of 1979. To your knowledge, at that time in December of 1979, was Michelle in a relationship with anybody? I don't know that she was in an especially tight relationship at that point. Let me ask you about a couple individuals and see if you know them. Do you know Mike Wyrick? Yes, I know Mike very well. We were friends as well in high school. And Mike and I have continued to be friends, hung out even a little bit in college. Okay. To your knowledge, was um, Mr. Wyrick in the, the play too? Yes, he was active in Pippin and the choir. Did he and Michelle ever become involved in a relationship, to your knowledge? Yes, they were They were in a, a pretty significant relationship for, as far as high school relationships. Sure. <laughs> um, what, how old was Mike? Was he in the same grade as you guys? Or was he was he... just one grade older. To your knowledge, was, she, was Michelle still um, communicating with Mike or friends with him at the time uh, in December of 79? I believe so, but see, he had moved on to Iowa State, and she was still in high school, so 100 miles difference. Um, I think just they kind of naturally parted, had other, you know, things going on. Sure. Um, What about uh, a fellow by the name of Andy Seidel? Do you know that name? Mm -hmm. I know Andy. I don't know Andy well. I know of Andy. Uh, Michelle dated him for quite a while, which I think shows that she she tended to be loyal to guys just as she was loyal to her friends. Okay. So she, to your knowledge, she had been involved in a relationship with Andy at some point in time, too? Oh, yes. In December of 1979, were you aware of, of anyone that was... Um, that Michelle was in some kind of conflict with or feared from her safety? No. Okay, Jane, who is depicted here in States Exhibit 2A? Michelle Marie Martenko. Generally, what kind of person was Michelle? She was a very nice girl. She was loyal to her friends and her boyfriends. She was... um, She had good school attendance. She had good attendance at work. Uh, Her classmates enjoyed working with her. She had many close friends. Um, She was um, good at studies and had planned to go to college. Uh, She had talked to me about wanting to go to Iowa State and had a particular interest in interior design. Would you describe Michelle as a friendly person? Absolutely. Was Michelle... When we think about high school girls, was she the type of person that would gossip a lot or um, kind of engage in some of those teenage-type behaviors? Oddly enough, she was more mature than that and didn't take partake, and she didn't partake in that sort of thing. I think that comes from having an older sister and being friends with her mom. She, she just didn't go down that road very often that I recall at all. Tell us what you know about her family dynamics. Her uh, sister was quite a bit older, so by the time we were in high school, she had moved out of the home and was married, and so they, were, they weren't sibling, sibling rivalries because they kind of had different things going on with the 12-year 
age difference. And she was very, very close. Michelle was very, very close to her mom. Like her mom was her best friend. Well, let's go ahead and go to the next one here, 2D. Yeah, I like this one. I don't know where this picture was taken, but the reason I like it is because she didn't wear her hair, you know, flipped like Farrah Fawcett every day. So this was more her everyday look if she wasn't really dressed up. Would you say, uh, I guess, um, as far as teenage girls go, was Michelle the type of person that would only talk to people in her circle or would she um, associate with anyone? She was friendly to all her classmates. Did you see her take the time to talk to people that weren't part of her circle? Or I, I have some examples if I'm allowed to elaborate. Why don't you go ahead, yeah. So uh, recently on Facebook, someone reached out to me, a young man who said he wasn't popular in high school, but he had a particular class with her. She always took the time to just chat with him, not flirt with him, but just chat with him and make him felt like he fit in. And So was that something that you it, saw happen? Yeah, okay. and it was like, he expressed to me that it was important to him, and I would say that that's indicative of her personality and how she behaved at school. Okay. Who's that in the photo with her? I believe that's Andy. I believe that's Andy. And you talked a little bit already today about the fact that uh, Michelle had a relationship with Andy, right? Sure. Right. You see the way she's dressed in this? Yes. Okay. So what do you recall about the way that um, Michelle would uh, dress up? That's the way she would dress up for evening out. Um, She had that adorable little rabbit fur coat, and she'd do her hair up in what I refer to as the Farrah Fawcett flip, and she'd do her hair makeup, you know, wear a pretty dress, and... That's very typical of how she'd dress up if she was going out. Okay. Maybe to a dance hall or a date or uh, or a prom or or the Christmas banquet, those sorts of things. Based on your recollection of Michelle and the way she acted, as you've described, and the way she appeared, um, in your experience... Was Michelle the type of uh, girl that would sometimes attract the attention of older men? I would say she was a head-turner. I mean, she was a pretty girl, so um, I don't doubt she was approached frequently. Let's go to the night of December 19th of 1979. Jane, do you recall that night? Yes. What were you doing that night? That evening we had... A Christmas banquet at the Sheridan for the concert choir. So we were all dressed up, similar to Michelle, dressing up with our hair and makeup and pretty dresses and some high heels. Um, it was an opportunity to get out of the high school and put on something a little more feminine. How many people were in the concert choir, you remember? You know, we were discussing that just recently, and I didn't add it up in the yearbook, but we had a really good music program at Kennedy. So I think we had something like 70 or 80 kids in that concert choir. Were they all there that night at the concert choir banquet? 
Well, I didn't do a roll call. Right, well, <laughs> I was busy. I, I, I don't recall. I've died. Were there a lot of kids there? There are a lot of kids there, yes. There are a lot of kids there. Did you have uh, an opportunity to come into contact with Michelle that night? Yes, we we talked that evening. Well, not all of us sat together. You know, we had certain close friends, and we all had friends throughout the choir. And so, to my recollection, I didn't actually sit at the dinner table with Michelle, but then when it got to be dessert, some of us shuffled around and found a table to get kind of the close handful of girls together. And then it was when we were leaving uh, to the parking lot that we had a discussion. Was it a school night, do you remember? It was a school night. And what had you planned to do that night after the banquet? I had missed a couple days of school with like a cold flu, and I was going to go home and make up some homework. So did you have an opportunity to run into Michelle then as you were leaving the concert car banquet? Yes, and we talked about if she could give me a ride home uh, because Michelle's family and my family house were only about half a mile apart, and the girls that I had ridden with um, lived two miles up the street closer to the high school. So I thought, well, if Michelle could just drop me off, that I'll save these girls having to drive out of their way. But she said she wanted to go to the mall, and I told her I had some homework, so I needed to get home as soon as possible to catch up on my homework. Did Michelle give you an um, indication, though, as to, as to her state of mind or where she was going to go that night? I didn't get a real sense of that. You know, I... Over the years, I speculated things, but no, at the time, no, I didn't. I guess what my question was, did she tell you she was going to the mall that night? She did tell me she was going to the mall, absolutely. She told me she was going to the mall and asked me if I'd go with her. Where did uh, Michelle work at that time, to your knowledge? She worked at a clothing store at Lindale Mall. I believe it was called Brooks, and um, it was a, like, teenage or young 20s fashion type store and that was the mall that close to where her parents lived and my parents live so the the mall where she worked was that on the other side of cedar rapids then yes okay were you familiar with westdale mall at that time well yeah it just opened um i was familiar with it but that side of town wasn't that would have been out of my way to go see it um did she ask you to go with her to the mall that night yes did you go with her? No, I already explained. I went home to do my homework. What was she driving at the time? Do you remember? Her family car that, you know, all the pictures have shown, a big sedan. It's my understanding that's the car she was in that night, but I wasn't riding with her in it, so that's the extent I can testify. That's okay. I actually haven't asked you a question yet about it. All right, Jane, to your knowledge, is this the car that Michelle Martinko was driving on around that time? That is my understanding, yes. Okay, all right. Jane, when is the last time that you sh- that you saw Michelle? Right when when we were leaving the banquet and we were in the parking lot in the shirt and, and kind of everybody was like kind of going to their cars because the banquet was over and we had that discussion about did she wanted to go to the mall and 
uh, wanted to know if she could take me home since my other friends, it was going to be out of their way. And there were several of us gathered in the parking lot. And then we went about our own ways. And that, she went to the mall. Was that the last time you saw her then? That is correct. Do you remember what her attire was that evening? I don't remember a specific dress. I remember she had her rabbit foot coat on that I always liked her rabbit fur coat. And that she had her hair done and her, the way she does it when she's really dressed. And, um, you know, the high heels like we wore at that time in the 70s, high platform heels were still kind of the style. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so the specific dress I don't remember, but uh, in general, yes. Okay, was she... Um we saw a picture earlier of a rabbit fur coat. Was that the one that she was wearing, to your knowledge? Yes. yes. Okay. And if you look behind you again, is that the, uh, the rabbit fur coat that you recall her wearing that night? Yes, sir. And you said she had a dress on, but you don't specifically remember what kind? Yes, sir. I couldn't tell you exactly what dress she had on. Where did you go that night after the concert choir then? Home to do my homework. Did you get a call in the middle of the night? I certainly did. From who? Michelle's mother. How would you describe her mother's demeanor on the phone call when she called you? She seemed panicked and frightened. And had you had an opportunity to uh, talk with Michelle's mom in the past and know what she normally would sound like? I I was I knew Michelle's mom from school activities and visiting the home, but. I had never had an experience where she called at night, in the middle of the night, on a school night, and was worried about where Michelle was. So when you talked to her, you described, and you, did she sound frantic? or? I felt like she did. She seemed concerned. Did she ask you anything? She asked me if I knew where Michelle was. If, well, first she asked me if Michelle was with me. And did I know where Michelle was? Um, would I have any idea where Michelle would be? Do you remember? And obviously, she wasn't with you, right? That's I mean, correct. Yeah. She wasn't with me. So you told her that you. So I, I said, "I'm sorry, Mrs. Martinko. I don't know." Do you remember the next day? Oh yeah. What do you remember about the next day? Well. Starting with going to bed after the phone call, I just kind of thought in my mind, Michelle's in big trouble now. She met up with some guy, stayed out past her curfew, and I went to sleep. But I was concerned by her mother's tone of voice. So when I got up and prepared for school, I called the house and no one answered. So I thought, well, I guess everything's back to status quo because no one's answering the phone. But then when I got to school, I was still concerned. And so I started asking everyone I saw until um, one of the other baton twirlers told me what happened. So did you learn that she was dead? Mm -hmm. And then I went straight home. My next question to you, Jane, is um, over here is uh, the defendant in this case, uh, Jerry Burns. He's sitting in the middle of the council table over there. Do you know Jerry Burns? No. That's all I have for now, Yonder. What are you doing on Saturday, April 16th? Nothing? Something? 
cancel your plans and come hang out with Captain from True Crime Garage, Bob Ruff from Truth and Justice, and me, Kelly from True Crime IRL. That's right, Saturday, April 16th, doors open at 7 p.m., show is at 7.30. We're going to be live at the Wealthy Theater in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You're not going to want to miss this unique and one-of-a-kind event. We always have a phenomenal time at these live shows, and we're going to be doing a meet and greet afterwards. You're really not going to want to miss it. So again, that's Saturday, April 16th in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the Wealthy Theater. You can buy tickets at CaptainFatHands.com slash events, or you can go to True Crime IRL for more info as well. But again, buy tickets at CaptainFatHands.com slash events. Until next time, lock your doors, people. Bye-bye. Thank you, Your Honor. Ms. Hansen, uh, you mentioned in your examination this morning that uh, Michelle Martinko had a, a relationship with or was friends with a couple of men who you mentioned by name, Mike Wyrick and Andy Seidel. Were Ms. Martinko and Mr. Wyrick serious as a couple at times? Yes, I believe they were exclusive while they were dating. And it was a Mr. Wyrick who was a year older than you or a year older in school than Ms. Martinko. That is correct. And then he went off to Iowa State University. Is that your understanding? That's correct. And did that lead to the breakup of Ms. Martinko and, and Mr. Wyrick? Yes, I believe um, they just kind of drifted apart. I don't think there was like one blow-up incident where they were angry with each other, but... They did just naturally drifted apart because that's not uh, teenagers at that age. It's not natural necessarily to stay together when uh, you're in different environments, a hundred miles apart. And her relationship with Mr. Seidel was it uh, also a serious relationship? To my understanding, it was. Did you uh, spend time with Mr. Seidel and Ms. Martinko as, as a couple? No, I didn't actually know. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know Mr. Seidel. Uh, Personally, I knew I knew of him. I know they went to a lot of proms, so she had a lot of pretty pictures with them, but I didn't personally know him the way I knew Mike I personally knew because we were school friends, but Andy I didn't personally know. Did uh, Ms. Martinko share with you any concerns that she had about her relationship with Mr. Seidel? Well, there seemed to be... Um, some concern that he he just wasn't quite getting over the relationship typical teenage teenage love. Understood. Ms. Hanson, turning to uh, the night of the choir banquet at the Sheraton Hotel in Cedar Rapids, did you and uh, Ms. Martinko leave the banquet early? No, I think we left kind of when it was over and everybody else left. Did you detect that Ms. Martinko was bored at the banquet? I have no recollection of that. When uh, Ms. Martinko said that she was not going to give you a ride home or couldn't give you a ride home, I thought I had understood you to say that you had some suspicion about what she might want to do that night. Did I misunderstand you? Yes, I think you misunderstood me. She may have asked me earlier in the week if I wanted to go do something else. And when it came to that evening, 
specifically, I wanted to ride home to do my homework, and she was specifically going to the mall to do a quick errand, a little shopping to pick up a coat her mom had put on layaway. And I just, I didn't want to go home. I I didn't want to go hang out at the mall. I wanted to go home. I was a straight-A student, so I was a little kind of a stickler about getting my homework done. Were there places that uh, you and Ms. Martinko like to socialize in Cedar Rapids? Sure. And where were your favorite spots to go, and where did Ms. Martinko like to go? We like to go to some drive-in movie theaters, and uh, there's a place called the East Side Maid Right that was kind of a Kennedy High School hangout. And... uh, you know, we'd go to the football games together all the time, all the football games since we were twirlers together. And, you know, it was popular to cruise up and down First Avenue after the football games and, you know, kind of like cruising Main Street back in the 1950s or something. Did uh, you and Ms. Martinko ever frequent a, a nightclub in Cedar Rapids called Gatsby's? We've, we've both been there. It wasn't my favorite hangout. I know she went there a few times. Would you describe her as being an overly cautious woman? I think she was careful. It was a different times. We weren't worried about some of the things we had to be worried about before that incident. I mean, like both of us had retail jobs and would walk out to our cars after we were done with their retail job. And you mentioned that Ms. Martinko worked at Brooks. Is that correct? I believe it was Brooks. It was a it was a Lindale Mall store that was a fashion store for young women. Uh, just briefly, Your Honor, um, based on your conversation with Michelle when you were leaving the concert choir, did you have any reason to believe that she was going anywhere other than Westdale Mall for this errand to pick up the coat her mom put on layaway? No. When Michelle, or if, and when Michelle would talk about Andy Seidel, what would be her demeanor when she would talk about him? In what way would she talk about Andy? Well, he had been a long-term boyfriend, so I think she had a lot of feelings for him, but she was a little bit annoyed that he didn't seem to be letting go when she had already had this long-term relationship with Mike. And I didn't think anything significant was going on there. She never expressed anything that appeared to me as significant worry. Okay, and that was my question. Was she uh, relatively nonchalant like a teenage girl would be about yeah. that? Or Okay. Yeah. Did she appear to be worried and concerned? No, not, not really. Just, no. no. Okay. All right. That's all we have, Your Honor. No more questions necessary. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. The state calls Jeff White. Jeff White also went to high school with Michelle Martinko. They were in the choir together, and White mentions how unforgettable Michelle was. On December 19, 1979, Jeff would see Michelle at the choir banquet that they both attended, as well as at the mall after that. Mr. White, I'd like to ask you some questions about when you were younger. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, where did you attend high school? Uh, Kennedy High School. 
And is that Kennedy High School located in Cedar Rapids, Iowa? Correct. And what year did you graduate from Kennedy High School? 1980. Now, while you were in high school, uh, did you know an individual named Michelle Martinko? I did. And how did you know Michelle? I knew her through, through the choir activities. Okay. Were you in the same grade as Michelle? Yes. Would you have considered yourself friends with Michelle Martinko? I would say more acquaintances. As an acquaintance of Miss Martinko, how often would you see her around school or, or how often would you interact with her? You know, early on in high school, I would see her and, you know, obviously we knew each other. We would say hi. I got to know her a lot better my senior year because we were both a little more active, I think, in choir and the group was kind of getting a little tighter. So I would see her every day. How would you describe uh, Michelle's personality? She was a real sweet girl, uh, extremely friendly, not extremely outgoing, um, but very, very friendly. I want to point you to a certain date, uh, December 19th, 1979. Uh, Do you recall that date? I do. Now on December 19th, 1979, would that have been your first semester of senior year? Yes. Did you attend a school function that evening? I did. And and what was that school function? That was just an, an annual choir banquet. For concert choir. Was this a type of function that people dressed up for? Yes. Okay. You recall what you were wearing that night? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, a, a tweed, like everybody had. I, I had a tweed sport coat with, you know, the old leather patches and uh, a tie. Okay. Do you still have that sport coat? I do not. That's no. unfortunate. <laughs> okay. Mr. White, do you recall seeing Michelle Martinko at that banquet? Yes. Did you speak with her that night? Yes. Uh, did you speak with her at the banquet? Yes. Okay. What was Michelle wearing uh, to the banquet on December 19, 1979? She had on a black dress, is what I remember, and her coat always stuck out to me. She had a fur coat that she was wearing that night. It was cold, so she had that on quite a bit. But okay. That's all I remember is a black dress and a fur coat. Thank you. I did talk to her, and she did tell us that she was going to Westdale. I was with a buddy of mine at that time, and she was going to head out to Westdale Mall. So you were aware she was going to be heading towards Westdale Mall? (laughs) Yes. Do you recall seeing Michelle in the parking lot of the Sheraton after the banquet? Yes. And then you might have said this already again, I apologize, but what were your plans for after the banquet? We were, we were head, I was with, a, a, like I said, a friend of mine, and we were going to head over to Westdale as well. What was your purpose for going to Westdale Mall? Shopping. I was always a procrastinator, so I had to get some Christmas shopping done, and we were just, you know, the mall was brand new at that time, and uh, so we were just going to go out and hang out with friends. So this was about six days before Christmas, correct? Correct. Okay. You still wait that long to I purchase do. Christmas yes. presents? Yeah. Okay. Now, at the time, Westdale Mall uh, had, had only recently opened, is that correct? Correct. Okay. Is it fair to say that, uh, you know, as a, as a high school teenager, it was kind of the thing to do to go check out the new mall? Absolutely. Do you recall what time you arrived at the mall? Best of my recollection would be around 7.45-ish. Would th- this would have been obviously after the banquet correct. Uh, finished up. And then from the banquet... Did you stop anywhere? Or did you go directly to the mall? We went directly to the mall. Okay. And believe you arrived there somewhere around 745? Yes. Okay. Uh, now, Mr. White, did you see Michelle uh, once you were at uh, Westdale Mall? Yes. Okay. And, and where did you see her? I uh, saw her first because she pulled out of the, uh, the Sheraton in front of us. And so, obviously, she was just, you know, heading over to the same place. We saw her in her car looking for a spot as well. 
Do you recall where you went inside the mall or what your plans were? Well, I was shopping for a Christmas present for my parents. Um, I know that Bob and I went to the athlete's foot to look at some tennis shoes to give my parents some ideas for me. My girlfriend at the time uh, managed a store in Westdale, and so we went and visited with her and her manager for a while that night also. Uh, did you see anyone, anyone you knew or any fellow uh, high school students at the mall? I did. And I who, did. who was that? Uh, Tracy Price. I saw Todd Bergen. I saw Marty Miller. Tammy Benzing. Saw a couple of other girls, but that's so long ago. Uh, while you were inside the mall, did you see Michelle Martinko? I've thought long and hard about this, and, you know, I did see Michelle talking to Tracy and Todd, that group, okay. just did, from a distance. Did you speak with Michelle at all? Not at all. Uh, as you were leaving the uh, banquet at the Sheraton uh, and you saw Michelle in the parking lot, uh, do you recall if she was with anybody? She was not. Okay, so she was alone at that time? Correct. And then when you saw her again at Westdale Mall in the parking lot, uh, was she with anybody in her vehicle at that point? No. Okay, so she was, again, she was alone? Correct. Okay, no further questions. Next, the state called Dr. Martin Miller to the stand. Martin Miller and a group of friends would see Michelle at the mall about an hour before it closed. They'd ask Michelle to head to a movie with them, but she declined. The group of boys would see her on the phone with someone that she said was her parents, and that would be the last night they'd see their friend alive. The state calls uh, Dr. Martin Miller. Uh, Now, Dr. Miller, I want to talk to you specifically about... um, December 19th of 1979. Uh, would that be okay? Yes. Okay. Uh, what year in school were you in December of 1979? I was a junior. Okay. Uh, do you recall attending a school function that evening? Yes. Uh, what was that function? It was a choir banquet. And would this have been a, a banquet that Michelle Martinko would have attended? Yes. Uh, do you recall seeing her at the banquet? Yes. Okay. Did you speak with her that night? No. Not at the banquet. Um, so you saw Michelle Martinko at the banquet that night, but you didn't speak with her? Correct. Did you have any particular plans for after the banquet? Yes, we planned on going to a movie. Who were you going to go to that movie with? Tracy Price, Todd Bergen, and uh, Stu Gibson. Okay. So you stopped at the theater? I think so. And then from, the, from there you went to Westdale Mall? Yeah, to kill some time. And what was your reason for going to the mall? Everybody went to the mall. It was brand new. It was uh, Christmas time. Uh, just a place to hang out, walk around, get out of the cold. Did you see Michelle Martinko at the mall that night? Yes. Uh, do you recall how long you had been at the mall before you saw Michelle? Maybe up to a half hour. Uh, Dr. Miller, when you saw Michelle Martinko, was she with anyone? No. Okay. Did you speak with Michelle Martinko while you were at the mall? Yes. Do you recall what you talked with her about? Yeah, first we just said our lows and then asked what she was doing there. And she said she was uh, looking for a coat that her mother put on layaway. And she was having difficulty finding it. <clears throat> we casually just asked her if she wanted to go to the movie with us because we were all we had plenty of room in the limousine. She said no. She asked me for a dime, and I gave it to her so she could use the payphone. Uh, how long did this conversation last? A minute, okay. two. Uh, do you remember how the conversation ended? No, yeah. I don't. Now, how was Michelle acting at the time? Just 
frustrated, I think tired. Um, she seemed like it's it was the end of the day for her, and she was going to head home. And I know she was going to try to contact her mother. It was shortly before 9 o'clock, and she wanted to get the coat before it closed. Now, in your interactions with her while you were talking with her that night, did she seem um, scared at all? No. Uh, did she seem uh, concerned? No. Okay. Uh, besides for the fact that she may have been frustrated and about not being able to find this coat, did she seem upset or out of sorts? No. After this conversation ended, uh, did everybody kind of go their own separate ways? Yes, sir. Uh, did you see Michelle again in the mall that night? No. Uh, what is your best estimate as to when you saw Michelle at the mall? Probably 850, 8.45, 8.50. Somewhere in that time yeah, frame? close to closing. Uh, thank you, Dr. Miller. No further questions at this time. So now we've heard from a lot of friends of Michelle Martinko, and they're starting to paint a very clear picture of what happened in her last night that she was seen alive. She went to the choir banquet at the Sheraton Hotel, and then she went to the mall. She chatted with friends. What happened between the last time she was seen and when she was found at 4 a.m.? Well, in the next episode of True Crime IRL, we're going to dig a little deeper into that. We're going to hear more about her last moments and when police arrived on the scene. So listen to that next. And until next time, lock your doors, people. Bye-bye. True Crime IRL is written, produced, and hosted by Kelly Barron's Brink. Please subscribe to True Crime IRL wherever you get your podcasts and consider leaving a five-star review. Go to truecrimeirl.com for more information. Support the show by becoming a Patreon donor. Go to patreon.com slash truecrimeirlpodcast. You can also support the show by leaving a tip in the TCIRL tip jar. Go to truecrimeirl.com and click on the donate button. Or buy merch in the TCIRL merch shop truecrimeirl.com slash merch. Watch True Crime IRL on YouTube at youtube.com slash kellybrinktv. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at truecrimeirl, all one word. True Crime IRL theme music is produced by the captain at True Crime Garage. 